Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Welcome, my friends. Today, I am joined by someone who is a recent friend of mine, but I absolutely adore her, so I can't wait for you all to get to know her. Leslie Tagorda, welcome to the show. Hi, Mindy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you, especially because you bring such a unique perspective and expertise, something that is, I would say, quite different from a lot of the people that I have had on this show. So to open up that conversation and to let our listeners know what it is that I'm talking about, you start by giving just a little bit of your entrepreneurial journey and then talk about what you're doing now. All right. Well, gosh, I started my business way back in 2004 as a web and brand designer. And I started this web and brand design business kind of thinking about the laptop lifestyle way before that was a thing back in 2004 to support my classical music life. I was and still am a professional classical clarinetist and most classical musicians do not make a lot of money did not want to be a starving artist. So I started my business. And from 2004 all the way to kind of 2018, so a good chunk of time, I was doing all the things, branding and design and learning about copywriting and doing all these things. But, you know, ultimately when you're doing any kind of branding for your business or trying to find your your voice, you're ultimately just guessing, right? (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, should I choose this color? Is that the right color for me? Like, oh, who is exactly my ideal customer? And then through trial and error, you find your ideal customer, you find your sweet spot, or you experiment more, all of those things. But I have always been a closeted spiritual astrology junkie. And I was at that point where I'm like, I cannot stand doing more brands and designs. Like nobody's getting like really great, you know, just so tired of guessing and uh, comparing and copying. Like, have you ever felt like that? Just like in that cycle of comparison, comparison, and like just weighs you down, right? That's when I looked at my astrology chart and I was like, huh, look at this. There's a branding framework right here. And I don't know what it was that aha moment that I finally saw it, but it was literally in like two weeks, I had an entire new framework. And in two years, I had an entirely new business that were, was just so specific in the way I was getting results for people using their astrology chart to inform their business brand. And so that's what I do in a nutshell. (laughs) I I love it. I have been a client of yours. And here's what was so amazing to me in that experience. You and I didn't know each other prior to that meeting. And you were able to, just by looking at my chart, say, oh, you know, how do you feel about this, this, and this? These, this is your best client. This is who you are. This is essentially how you best show up. And I was like, uh, Yes. <laughs> it seemed so accurate and so on point just from a chart, which I look at a chart, it doesn't mean anything to me. I am not myself into, you know, reading the charts and all of that. I think it looks like Chinese or whatever, you know, some language I cannot read. Yeah. But you were able to just so succinctly tell me about myself and then I can confirm that knowing me and knowing my business. So I I absolutely love what you're doing. 
Can you tell me this though? There will be some people who are listening to this show and they're like, astrology. <laughs> because I always, I encourage a healthy skepticism. I myself am a skeptic until I experience something or until I understand yeah. something. Um, and while I'm not talking about cynicism, because I think that's a different thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. With that healthy skepticism, what would you say to people who are like, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, there's a couple of things that I would say to them. Of course, like I'm not here to change anybody's minds. Those cynics can, you know, just go do whatever they do. That's fine with me. <laughs> but those people that are curious, like how does astrology really work? There's two things. There's this idea that we are all living in this kind of universal golden mean where so above, so below, um, you know, as you were sharing kind of some of the, the experiences that you have seeing the interconnectedness of nature and spirit spirituality and self, there is this reflection in the stars. And I do believe that our souls chose a certain time to be born. And we have this imprint that our solar system that the planets around us have created. And then if you just look at it from this purely like your scientific mind of the seasons, Western astrology is based on the seasons like Aries season starts at the spring equinox. Capricorn season starts on the winter solstice. And these are astronomical natural events. And if we start to look at astrology from this cyclical seasonal point that, hey, we are all beings on this planet earth, the trees, the tides are all affected by the moon. Why wouldn't we? And then so then it just takes it a level deeper about looking at our psychological analysis as portrayed by the symbols that I can see in your in your chart. And I wouldn't call myself like I'm not a seer. I'm not a psychic, but I love science. I believe in the cross point between science and spirituality. And I've learned how to read a chart just like I learned how to read music notation and it gives me the energies that you get to play with in your life. I love that so much and I think you and I are very much on that same track is is looking at all of the evidence you know both scientific spiritual all the different things even those that we can't necessarily define or explain and that to me is just where it's really fun to play in that world. Yeah, why, you know, like to live a life of cynicism, (laughs) but to, you know, live a life of questioning and like, okay, well, I'll believe it when I see it. It's like, yeah, try it. Um, Of course, to get a, like the most accurate reading, I would definitely need to know someone's birth time and place because it's like a set of dials that you kind of switch over and over and over again to get the exact chart. So of course you wouldn't be surprised that as I'm speaking with you, like I have your chart up in front of me because like, as you speak, certain things light up for me. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to say this right now, obviously at the end, I'm going to ask you where everybody can learn more and (laughs) hire you. But I want to say to our listeners, you should absolutely check out what Leslie is up to because I learned things about myself that I didn't even know. For instance, you were the one that told me, Mindy, you were born on a new moon and okay, fine. Like whatever. I, that, that doesn't mean anything to me, but then you were telling me that more babies are born toward the full moon, which Mm -hmm. again, going back to that science kind of makes sense. If you think about the moon, the way it controls the waves and the oceans, like Mm -hmm. bringing forth water and life. I don't know how that all works, but 
to then be born on a new moon. I was like, well, that's cool. <laughs> ah, like with our, with the moon, right. In our brands and our lives and our businesses, it's that receptive energy. The moon like literally represents our emotions and our intuition, and it represents our connection to our past and our mother. So thinking of like all the stories, like how did we all get into the world? It's like, well, we came through someone our biological mother and so when we look at the moon from we can look the moon will tell us so much about our lives and our businesses and understanding the stories that we need to overcome like those kind of lineage ancestral stories that come through our moon enable us to say like ah this is what we need for emotional security and you know, like if we're, if we're talking about business here and like growing a lucrative and like plentiful life, our moon sign is so important because it actually shows us how we need to feel to feel secure. And then when we understand how we feel secure, that enables us to make decisions based on faith instead of fear. And so for you with your Libra moon, I know that for you, intimate connections are so important. Being around people and being social, that's your security for you. Not necessarily like just loads of money. Exactly. We were talking about prior to the recording, you know, you can have so much money and really be so miserable. Like that, that's great to have a lot of money, but it also does not mean anything. And I'd love to get your opinion on that, your perspective how would you define wealth? Me personally? <laughs> yeah, like not talking about me and my charts. Like personally. <laughs> so that's why I'm always like looking back to people's charts because it's like, because we are, there's no one person alike. There's no one chart alike. And so for me personally, um, wealth to me is freedom. Yes. <laughs> Talk to me about that. Let's, <laughs> let's go further into that. Talk to me about freedom. What is that to you? Yeah. Freedom to make my own choices, freedom to be with who I want to be, freedom to expand my mind, to use my body, like in this place of mobility, to work whatever I want. Like I have a really hard time with authority figures. <laughs> so anybody. <Me> <laughs> Totally. Anybody trying to tell me what to do or when to do, I, I just can't do that. And so when I think about wealth, it's about having the resources to be able to be mobile and do whatever the heck I want to do. Was your very first work doing the branding and design work or did you have jobs before that? Well, my first job was a, a, um, as a classical musician. <laughs> so great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It, you know, in traditional classical musician, if there's, there's many different ways that you can like be a musician. One, the most traditional way you think about is like being in, being in an orchestra. And being in an orchestra is like being in the military or being in a very like tight corporate structure like there's always a hierarchy and you're always answering to someone and without a doubt I fucking hated it is it okay to swear it's absolutely okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I totally agree because I mean while I wasn't a musician I was in a corporate fortune 100 company mm-hmm. and I fucking hated it <laughs> yeah. like there's a lot of good parts to it so it's not that we want to throw everything out but 
the whole of it, it, it goes against our freedom seeking nature. And I think that almost any entrepreneur would say the same thing. Like that's why we got into the business. Exactly. And so thinking about my first job and, you know, having to be on time and early and showing up and I was this, uh, this was back also in Hawaii, my first, my first, first, first job in Hawaii, like outside of like retail kind of jobs when you're in high school and stuff was playing with the Royal Hawaiian Band, which is this great historical organization, but I had to wear this like white muumuu and show up at like nine o'clock in the morning to play the clarinet and I have to like listen to the band director telling me what to do and all these people telling me what to do and I was like get me out of here (laughs) I couldn't (laughs) quit fast enough (laughs) I totally get it and I think that a lot of our listeners could resonate with that feeling of you know just get me out of here a lot of them maybe maybe still are in regular jobs but it's just that like urge that that desire for more and more freedom which to me I love. So I want to know more about you. I have a four-part framework that I ask most of my guests. And what it does is it allows us as people listening to you to understand how you operate, how you get things done, what you've done in your life so that you've become as successful as you are. So it's based on an acronym called HERB. The H in HERB stands for habits. And I'd love to know what are some of your habits, especially such a freedom seeker, you know, do you have habits or daily rituals or whatever that may be, or is it just more of a a free form? Oh, such a good question. And I love the acronym herb, like I'm all for it, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, so habits, yeah, for me, habits are rituals and, um, to me, habits give us those internal structures that allow us to be free. I, I find myself always telling a lot of my clients that to not be afraid of structure, to think of like a jasmine vine that's growing on a trellis, it needs something to climb so it can reach out further and be free. And so I have a lot of routines and habits that are just baked into my daily, weekly, monthly things. So every every morning I'll either go for a walk or do yoga like I have to exercise that mobility part of me and just get some fresh air I'm not a gym person I need the fresh air me right? neither <laughs> And then even when I work, um, because I am a spiritual entrepreneur and I do practice what I preach and I love spirituality, um, I have, um, I create this kind of, this session, this kind of workspace where I call in my spirit guides of my business to help establish a foundation. I speak my intentions out to my spirit guides every time I start a new project or just start my work day. Like even right now I'm in my session. (laughs) And then of course on a on a monthly basis, I do my new moon rituals. On an annual basis, I, I live with my cosmic cycles and um, do my best to honor those cosmic cycles so that I can work in this like sustainable way and not burn out. So I wanna ask you a little, I'm gonna jump in with a question. We'll come back to the acronym. Yeah. You mentioned the new moon and you have published books and lots of information on new moon ceremonies. Can you? I don't know if you can do this within a couple of minutes, but could you talk about what, like what the symbolism is of a new moon and how specifically maybe entrepreneurs could utilize that time? 
Yes. That might be a huge question, but (laughs) no, let's talk about the new moon because I feel like if every person started to really harness the phase of the new moon to like clear some space to set their intention of what they want in their lives and their business, like how more, how much more effective would one be? So traditionally when we're mostly like an agricultural society and even farmers and people who are really into planting and the farmer's almanac will always show that the new moon phase and the new moon phase is when the sun and the moon meet once every 28 and a half days in the sky. And so this is the dark phase of the moon. So the sky is really dark. And traditionally, this would be a time that you would plant your seeds, right? And so thinking about in if we're in this agricultural um, age and we were planting seeds, we would have to decide what seeds we needed, right? We'd be thinking in the future saying, okay, I need this, this much corn. I need this much squash. I need this much X, Y, and Z. So thinking about it planting the seeds, it's an intentional practice because you're focusing on what you want down the line. And so when we take that energy of the new moon and for those, for those people who are questioning and skeptics, I, I remember I was teaching this new moon class once and this woman just like raised her hand. She's like, I don't believe in any of this. And I was like, okay. She goes, but you know, I've got, I've gotten burned because my husband and I, we love planting And I was really ready to plant all of these um, pea starters. And my husband was like following the the almanac. And he's like, no, we have to wait for a couple of more days till we get into the new moon phase. And she's like, I don't have time to wait. I want to plant right now. So she planted her seeds. He waited a couple of days and he planted his seeds in the exact same like kind of location, same water, same soil, same sun, same all of the the, um, qualities. And within a week, his plants had outpaced hers. And so she's like, <laughs> it was totally funny. She was, she laughed and she goes, she goes, I don't believe it, but I know it works. <laughs> that, see, I love that. Like, like I said, healthy skepticism, but then when you experience it, you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, exactly. And so when we think about it, from my understanding and working with spirit guides, they see us as like the gardeners and that every project that we create is essentially a garden, that we are designing the gardens, we're giving intention and direction and purpose to what we want to create. So thinking about our businesses as a garden, if you're going to write a book, thinking of your book as a garden, all of these little projects as a garden. And so when you take the time to plant your seeds on the new moon saying, an intention is different from a goal, right? A goal is something that's measurable, that might have certain boundaries and restrictions where an intention like my freedom loving self is much more expansive, like there's more possibility. So when you're setting your intention on the new moon and getting clear on what you want, um, for example, like in a couple of weeks from us, a couple of days after we record this is the Taurus new moon. And the Taurus new moon is about prosperity and values and worthiness and plentiness and lucrative, (laughs) you know, all of the money things, (laughs) right? And so when we're thinking about, okay, well, I could say I want to plant the seeds for like $300,000 to, you know, earn in the next year. But what if the universe wants to give me more? Yeah. 
so well, so I don't want to just plant the seeds of just $300,000. So I want to plant the seeds of like, I want to earn this much or more. I want to plant the seeds of value that ripple out forth. There's a couple of different ways that I set personal intentions in my business, but always doing this during the new moon, because that's when the soil is ripe for our desires. That is so cool. <laughs> like I just, because even, even if, even if none of that were true or accurate or yeah. whatever, it's still such a beautiful metaphor with the planting of the seeds. That's what we're doing in our business all the time, taking the idea and somehow getting it out of our head into reality to be either a service or a product or something that then is something we trade with other people to make money. I mean, even if none of that is, is quote true, which I think it is, but like such a great metaphor. I, I love that. So thank you for going on a little outside yeah. path with me. Okay. We're going to go back to the acronym now. Okay. Herb. E is herb. <laughs> exactly. The E stands for environment. And I want to just set the stage for this because people listening to us right now, they can't see you, but I can. And Leslie has such just a, a beautiful space. It's lovely. It's just brimming with like good feeling and safety, I would say. So I would love to hear from you. How do you set up your environment? And it doesn't have to be just your office space. It could be your home, you know, your office, car, whatever, places where you are. Yeah, I, I really do value energy. Um, and so I do spend a lot of time part of my rituals are clearing the energy and setting the space and protecting the space like that is that is true um I personally like small spaces so I know that nobody can really see this and even for you Mindy like uh, viewing from your screen I this is like really a, a two by three closet under oh, the no stairs <laughs> Wait, under the, the stairs under those stairs I'm touching the walls right now I love it's like it's like Harry Potter I love that totally Harry Potter and I do all my best magic in like these small even though I love freedom and mobility when I'm working I I need that kind of security blanket but yeah to like contain that I love that mm -hmm. it's it's beautiful and it has all my crystals and it has all of like my important symbols and things just to kind of that that sense of safety but I do prefer clean environments and I like to keep my home pretty clutter free I I, I love good design and I'm almost there with getting my dream house almost there. Oh, fun. That's amazing. I'm so excited to, to hear that. I, I sort of wonder if my chart says that I like messy spaces because <laughs> I tend, I tend to have clutter. Like I just have notes and thing, you know, just stuff. And, you know, like my husband couldn't stand that. I'm sure a lot of people can't stand that. I don't know, somehow it just seems to work for me. Yeah, that, that's not really your tendency, what I'm seeing in your chart. <laughs> it should be about beauty, right? Like beauty and yeah, anyway, and, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something I need to work on next. <laughs> so moving on, yes. moving on to the R in herb. The R stands for resources. This is my favorite part of the question because resources can be books or programs or whatever, any type of resource that you have found helpful 
and that you would recommend to some of our listeners, whether in business or just life development? Gosh, there's so many resources, of right? Course, like, <laughs> so many right? I know. I'm like, ooh, let's talk about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, astrology just as a tool is like a huge resource. That even if you're just like wanting to get a better self understanding and validation of who you really are, of course, astrology. I'm going to say astrology. But if I had to choose just one resource, I've been obsessing over this one book lately. Let me turn around and get it. Oh, I'm um, so excited. Yes, this, this. This book is um, called Braiding Sweetgrass. I love that book. Do you know this book? I read it. Yes, she's a genius. I love her. Oh my gosh. Robin Wall Kimmerer. And she's an indigenous woman who became a botanist. And the teachings in this one book, I feel, are just such wonderful ways to be a good citizen in this world like how do we reconcile this desire to live a profitable life yet still taking care of the earth how do we earn a lot of money while there's so many people going without and kind of balancing all of that too and I think one of the questions that she really impresses upon me is she's because she's an indigenous woman and because most of us are non-indigenous to where we live. We are all <laughs> weeds, so to say, <laughs> just moving around. It's like, how do we become indigenous to a place and really establish roots? And I think that's so such an important lesson. And so that's one of my, what I'm obsessing about right now. Oh my gosh, I could not love that more. And, and that speaks to what we were talking about early, earlier, like bringing in both the science aspect, the logic, the rationale, and the spiritual aspect, because I too am hugely interested in how do we be a good steward of this yes. planet? You know, how do we, how do we live in the most natural way? Not like all technology and everything that is today's society, but more truly to who we are as human beings and, and both the humanness and the spiritness of that, um, that I love that you said that. And you know what, that reminds me of another question that I want to ask you, because on your website, you make it very clear where you live and you state on your website that you say, I live in the occupied land. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you how, for you, how do you balance that? Where we, like you said, we're all weeds, we're transplanted from who, wherever else we came from. So a lot of people and, you know, I myself, okay, am from Europe, like England, Scotland, that area, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily feel home there because I've never lived there. <laughs> yeah. But I live here, but I know clearly I am not from here. How do you balance that or find peace in that? Gosh, I'm still, I'm still learning. Um, I, I find that um, I'm not going to talk about the Green New Deal <laughs> because I'm like, the Green New Deal is expensive, but it's reparations to how we've been like harming the, the earth. But how do I, one of the things for me, because I grew up in Hawaii and, but I'm not Hawaiian blooded. I'm also mixed race. I'm Filipino and Jewish and all of these things that like, I don't have any roots either. And yeah. so part of the reparations that I try to do is that I like to read books and information and resources by indigenous um, cultures. I like to amplify the voices of the places that I live. And so 
right now I've been, I live in San Francisco and I'm learning about the Ohlone's and what does it mean to be a good steward of land here in Hawaii? I, I wish I was Hawaiian blooded because I feel so drawn to the culture and to the spirit. And I want to learn all of these things. And I, I met this um, online. I met this person who was doing moot, like the in the Hawaiian cycle, every single moon, every 29 days, every single day has a different phase name and, and everybody knows these names. And I wanted to learn this teaching. And instead of saying, hey, how can I sign up for this class? I literally asked permission. I said, I don't know if this knowledge is appropriate for me because I am not Hawaiian blooded, but this, this is very interesting to me. Will you please teach me? And so it's this, how do, we, how do we really reconcile that? We start to ask permission. We, as we, even if we're going on a beautiful hike to just stand in with our feet planted on the ground and ask permission before we just decide that we get to be there. Like simple honoring of the land, to, like at least from this book, Braiding Sweetgrass, the author kind of indicates the land just wants to be acknowledged. Mm, I love yeah. that. I love the simplicity of that because that's somebody that something that anybody can do is just to ask permission. Yes. And I think we've lost, we've lost touch with that. We're not, we're not brought up to like, at least in the American culture, we're not brought up to ask permission. We're just, we're brought up to take. Yeah. We're brought up to take and we're brought up to make assumptions. I think that's one of the reasons why Don Miguel Ruiz talks about like as his four agreements, don't yeah. make assumptions. Ask, ask permission. I that's awesome. I love that. So moving on to the B, mm. final final one here. The B stands for beliefs, and of course, we've talked about some of your beliefs already with astrology and other things that you have mentioned. But really, what I want to know is, what are some of your core fundamental ways in which you see the world, which thereby drive how you live how you act how you are and what are those core beliefs or worldviews i am an eternal optimist i am definitely somebody that sees the world um and the glass is half full and so maybe i live with rose colored glasses and it served me. <laughs> you know what? I can confirm that for you, even though you and I don't know each other that well. I remember you were seeing some pretty nasty stuff on my chart and you were like, well, it could mean this like sort of nice thing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. It sounds pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is one of that, that is a core belief for, for me is that to not judge a situation because you, we always have the choice to see a situation as in either what I would call it kind of victim mentality or like warrior mentality. Mm. And so when we start to look at our chart, when we start to look at our life, when we start to look at these experiences and then start to ask the question, what am I supposed to learn from this? Then it, elevates everything and of course I'm coming from this from my personal experience I mean I I learned at a very very young age when I was five years old that happiness was a choice and I'm really grateful that I went through the trauma that I did at five years old to have like what five-year-old is saying oh happiness is a choice not many of them <laughs> not many but I would have never been able to get there unless 
unless I had this certain experience in my life. So I believe that happiness is a choice. And I believe that we get to ask the question, what am I meant to learn from this to kind of elevate ourselves? Yeah, that's awesome that it's so is resonant with one of the ways in which I see the world, which is like life happens for us, not to us, not the victim style, but like it's all for our best for our growth for our development so that's that's amazing and i think just speaks to your inherent wisdom you know people that go through things at very very early stages or early ages oftentimes if they choose that warrior path coming out of that there is just so much wisdom and also compassion and you you exude that so that's amazing Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. So I have another question. Somebody who maybe doesn't know a lot about astrology or maybe who knows, doesn't even believe in it. They're certainly aware of something called Mercury retrograde. Oh, yes. Before before we started (laughs) recording, you were telling me that it's coming up. So I was like, we got to talk about that. What what the hell is it? (laughs) And how do we manage what's the best way to manage in that situation yes so mercury retrograde i love that this is in the zeitgeist now everybody knows what mercury retrograde is um so mercury is you know a little planet closest to the sun and because it travels around the sun so quickly from our perspective on the earth it looks like three times a year for like 20 percent of the year mercury will appear to go backwards in the sky obviously it's not going backwards it's just from our perspective on the earth it looks like it's going backwards and so what ends up happening is that mercury is retracing this tiny little part of the sky and in um in our lives and our businesses mercury represents our thought processes it's like literally the way we, we perceive information so the understanding and the way we express information so communications and so when mercury appears to be going backwards communications and understanding go a little off the <laughs> the normal path maybe a lot i don't know <laughs> or maybe a lot and so this mercury retrograde that's happening starts on may 29th and it lasts for 3 weeks and it's going to be in mercury's home sign of gemini so this is going to be one of the more potent mercury retrogrades that we've had in many 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 years oh great because, <laughs> yeah so you know back up your things, make sure your cloud subscriptions are up. Um, Try not to, you know, you'll hear like the things like don't sign a contract, don't do this, don't do that. And the reason why people say don't sign a contract is because there might be things that you misread or misunderstood or left out. If you have to sign a contract during this time, just double check, triple check, get it checked by your lawyer and then another lawyer, like those kinds of things just to have different safety safety nets. So anything to do with communications, travel, commerce, those are kinds of things that can go awry during Mercury retrograde. Now, because Mercury retrograde happens three times a year, that means that and about 20% of the year, that means that 20% of the human population was born under Mercury retrograde. And so 
if you happen to be in, and you're not one of these people, you're, you're a fast moving Mercury retrograde. So this one might be a little bit wonky for you. <laughs> just, just back things up. Right, <laughs> um, but for those of us who are born during Mercury retrograde, this is good. Like people might be saying, why does everybody freak out over Mercury retrograde? This feels fantastic. Well, that's probably because you have a natal Mercury retrograde and this just feels like home to you. You're like, oh, oh interesting. My natural state. <laughs> Very interesting. I'm going to start asking my friends about their birth charts and just see who it impacts and who it doesn't. Um, I think that's really important to know. But to again, going back to how you tend to look at things so positively, Mm -hmm. um, I think some people get scared of things like Mercury retrograde. And you're just saying like, it's not necessarily about that, but just to be a little bit extra careful or cautious, or maybe even just aware. Yeah. Well, if we start to look at the energy and if, if we're trying to rush around and do all these things and push, 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 of course, Mercury retrograde is going to come and like slap us upside the face, right? But if we're like, oh, Mercury retrograde is a time to slow down, to reflect, redo, reorganize, all of those kind of re things that oh, this is this doing these activities in this energy now is actually harmonizing. You're working with the energy instead of against the energy. And that's how I like to look at these things that everybody's like, oh, this is such a hard, challenging aspect. It's like, well, it's only hard and challenging if you decide to work against the energy. Mm -hmm. But if you decide to work with it, like, oh, I'm going to redo my website content during this Mercury retrograde, because now I'm getting clearer on what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, I'm going to revise all of my, you know, email nurturing sequence, or I'm going to revise my contracts or my terms and conditions. Oh, I'm going to like reorganize my closet. Like those are things that are totally aligned with Mercury retrograde and you'll get a lot accomplished. Okay. I love that. You just gave me my task list. (laughs) For for late May. (laughs) This coming experience. Yeah. Cause there's plenty of stuff on my site that I could redo. So that's, that's very helpful. I, I appreciate that. So as I said earlier, I am going to recommend that every single listener go check you out. And if they're able to, and interested in it to have a session with you, I found it awesome. It was so helpful. It was also fun and it was, it was just great. So if people are interested in learning more about you, where would you like to send them? Yeah, there's a couple of resources and, you know, being the branding person without a consistent brand, I apologize in advance. Um, My website is newmooncreative.co. Um, But I also have a podcast called The Savvy Luminary, and that's Astrology for Entrepreneurs. And I have two books out, um, Star Powered Brand that you can find in all your online retailers, as well as New Moon Rituals for Entrepreneurs. Yep, I own them both. I own own all of them. So definitely check Leslie out. And thank you, Leslie. I really, really love this conversation, especially because... One, like I said earlier, you bring something different to you know my audience. And two, just that I found a lot of resonance in really looking at how we go about life on earth, you know, as humans, as spirit, how that all comes together. So I'm super grateful for your time and your wisdom today. Thanks so much. Oh my gosh, thanks so much, Mindy, for having me. I absolutely love that the herb framework, just brilliant. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thanks so much for listening. 
Make sure to subscribe to The Lucrative Society on iTunes, and please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources, or to become a member of The Lucrative Society, where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.